All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are. What's up, guys? All right, another week has come and gone here, Carl. And I figured to start off the podcast today, we, we're getting close to the end of 2018 already here, Carl. And I figured we'd kind of take an overall kind of broad look at not just WWE specifically, but the professional wrestling world as a whole. And instead of giving, you know, like your traditional rating between 1 to 10 or something like that, I thought we'd maybe go the literally the old school route and maybe do like a letter grade, you know, before we uh, we kind of uh, get into the discussion and, uh, and why we feel that certain way. So I'll start off with, with myself this time. And I will say that at the beginning, Beginning of 2018, I thought professional wrestling at a whole, if I were to give it a letter grade, you know, as a whole, I would say we were at a good solid B, including the WWE content. Now, after 2018 has come to almost come to pass now, and with Raw being Raw and SmackDown, now we're starting to see it as well. That I feel that we've overall we're still at a B, you know, with the WWE and the main company. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm happy that you would put out there for everyone, all of our listeners, that uh, it's not just the WWE nope. that we're speaking of. So nope. I think for myself, I'm, I'm in a little bit of difference with you, which uh, seems seems to be the, you know, the going trend. We always seem to have different views on this, which is good, though. Yep. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, we were sitting at about a C. Mm-hmm. A C grade when when we first started coming into 2018, but then as time progressed and as we saw uh, Ring of Honor starting to do mm-hmm. some more good things, especially with uh, you know a partnership with New Japan Pro, and then we've got Impact Wrestling that made a successful and huge rise Absolutely. once again in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, moving to Canada, becoming a Canadian company, and really starting to take off. Then we had. Uh, Cody and the Young Bucks bringing us all in the pay-per-view of pay-per-views for 2018 as well as we had Chris Jericho with Mm -hmm. his very first rock and wrestling rager at sea that happened and culminating with the WWE and the women's division and the amazing things coming out of that division right now I would have to put the world of professional wrestling at about a B++ right now. Not quite at an A, because, I mean, until we can really get back to the time of, let's say, uh, an era that happened where there was a bunch of attitude and signs everywhere and people going nuts and mainstream and stuff like that, we're not at that point yet which would make it an A to an yeah. A+. Plus, but we're almost there. So I, I, for me, I think we went from maybe, uh, you know, a high D, low C, up to at least a B++ plus plus right yeah. now. I definitely agree with you. you know, the things that have been going in the other promotions, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Definitely all that stuff has been fantastic. The stuff with Chris Jericho, that the Jericho crew is a rock, rock and wrestling rager. Fantastic. For me, what brings it down, what happened this year, Carl, is that the premier weekly wrestling show that the wrestling fan watches, Raw, is to the point where people don't 
care about it anymore. It's gotten to the point where it's so convoluted. Storylines aren't even consistent across just on the one show. You you have too many writers. I I have to give props to the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast, which is also found on the Rort Network at the uh, grillposition.com for this. That I think that, you know, looking kind of more into this issue again, and like I said, these guys brought it up, that there are just too many writers trying to... they really described it well. It almost feels like it's Saturday. It's like Saturday Night Live, where everybody's running individual segments, and there's no continuity between all the all the kind of tying it together. Like in the Attitude Era, we only had a couple guys, a couple writers writing the whole thing, and it, it had that that flow, it had that consistency because you know it wasn't too many trying to get all their ideas in there, and then just kind of throwing it up against the wall and see what happens. Right. Sure, so. and I mean, I, I can I can totally appreciate your point there, but. Uh, for me, I think the amazing stuff that uh, has happened with the other yep. companies totally overlooks that because nowadays we're, we're seeing more people. Uh, I have a friend of mine who I just got to speak with uh, the mm-hmm. other day in person again, and like he was telling me about how awesome it is that he can see Lucha Underground. Yeah, absolutely. And that he is loving the stuff coming out of there, and he's he's finding Ring of Honor, and he's finding Impact Wrestling, and he's finding, and he doesn't even care about the WWE anymore. I understand that they're the biggest company out there, but if they're going to put out a crap product, at least we have these other companies that are putting out good quality product, which helps elevate the world of professional wrestling, as opposed to devaluating because one show has taken a dump. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like we had mentioned last week when we had editor-in-chief of the grillposition.com, Ryan Bowman, on that definitely it's this year, definitely the, the tide had definitely feels like it has changed going in the direction of the, for lack of a better term, the independent promotions as a whole, putting on a better product, you know, than the, the WWE arguably. And I, I think it's gotten to that point where it's almost not becoming an argument now because it seems like, you know, more people, like you said, are gravitating towards your Lucha Undergrounds, your Ring of Honors, your Impacts. And thankfully so, because, you know, if we didn't have all that, if they weren't being elevated to the point that they are, I think that it could be a lot worse. Oh, 100%. It could be a lot worse. Right. So, oh, yeah. Thankfully, you know, and even at the, at the local level, you know, with CWE, with uh, Magnificent Championship Wrestling, you know, putting on great shows as well, you know. So, there's lots of great alternatives out there. If you're feeling really down in the WWE, down in the dumps these days, do yourself a favor and sign up for Honor Club or Global Wrestling Network, and you'll be glad that you did. Oh, yeah. All right. So, next up, I think that uh, we should talk about. It's kind of a, of a sad thing, but I think we definitely should mention it. And this involves the Dynamite Kid, Carl. Yes. Yeah, so one of the uh, <clears throat> great wrestlers from back in the day, uh, part of the British Bulldogs, mm-hmm. uh, the Dynamite Kid, um, who had been quite ill and I do believe confined to a wheelchair for yeah. a last number of years, uh, has succumbed and passed away. Yeah, and, and this is actually going to get into, you know, for our showstopper segment, this is something that will kind of tie you into that. You know, yeah, he definitely, you know, has definitely been declining. And, you know, looking at, you know, the reactions and everything from people throughout the business, he was definitely regarded as, you know, when it comes to the actual in-ring work, Arguably one of the better ones out there. 
Yeah, definitely <clears throat> he was. I mean, there was no disputing his talent that he had yeah. in, in the in the ring. He was one of the best when it comes to knowing the business and really being able to uh, fluently speak the professional wrestling world, which 100% he was. He could go out there, he could have a match against anybody and make it look 10-star. Uh, I mean, you could even go as far as saying that he could go out there with a wet pool noodle and <laughs> he could put that pool noodle over yeah. and make that noodle look like a star and make himself look even more amazing just by what he could do in the professional wrestling ring. So career cut short, I do believe, and yeah. I do feel that it really was, which is unfortunate. Uh, things happen. I mean, it's it's a professional sport, right? Yep. And unfortunately, stuff does happen, but I'm happy that I was at least able to uh, really see some of the work that he did yeah. and i mean i'm gonna give a little bit of a shout out to uh, a group that doesn't even listen i'm i'm sure yeah. but i went and uh i won a professional wrestling championship replica title belt from a group called fandu belts you can mm -hmm. find them at fandubelts.com and they actually produce the bulldog title belt yep uh, or a variation of it because logistics and, and legal reasons, they can't do the WWF version, but they do a very, very good, close replica. And I had the choice of which title belt that I wanted from several that they had on their website, including Big Golds mm -hmm. and this tag belt. And I chose the tag belt because of Heart Foundation and the British Bulldogs. So... Yeah, I mean, that's just that just goes to show you. So, I mean, amazing talent and a great loss to the professional wrestling world. And, and not just because we, we didn't get to see him wrestling anymore, mm -hmm. but because the mind of the amazing professional wrestler is now not there and we can't even pick his brain anymore for any good stuff. Yeah, you know, for me personally, when, when I think back, I mean, I honestly, you know, when I first got into to watching it, I, I don't remember him uh, all that much. You know, I had to go back and, uh, and kind of refresh myself because I was more you know, into the Heart Foundation, you know, with, with Brett, with Owen. And then once I actually looked at some matches and whatnot, it, it kind of came back to me. But uh, he was, um, I don't think that I got to, unfortunately, I would say for myself, you know, didn't get to, to watch him as much as I would have liked. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I mean, thankfully, now that there's the WWE Network yes. out and available, we are able to go back and watch as much of the British Bulldogs as we want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, next up, you had mentioned at uh, the top when we were talking about uh, in our, our overall report card, so to speak, when it comes to the uh, professional wrestling business, you had mentioned the women's wrestling going on here around uh, Carl. and. Yes. That brings up an interesting thing with the WWE now because there have been a lot of firsts when it comes to the women's wrestling division in WWE. And I think one of the next things that could possibly happen here, and we're starting to see some rumblings about this, Queen of the Ring. Oh, okay. I, I honestly thought that you were going to maybe uh, allude to something that we've been talking about before, which was the women's tag team division. Mm. But... Wow, Queen of the Ring. That sounds very, 
interesting. Right. It definitely fits with uh, some of the characters that are are present in the WWE, most notably Charlotte. But um, yeah, they, they definitely have the the depth now, the the amount of talent to be able to pull something like this off. And for me, just the, the, the timing feels right. You know, I would imagine at this point, if it were to happen, it would probably be post-WrestleMania because I think it'd be a little too soon to kind of throw it all together. And I'm hoping that they won't go that route because when they throw stuff together, as we know, it doesn't always work out well. So yeah. this is something that, that I think done properly and you know, c- could be interesting, let's say to say the least. Now, can you see it being done in conjunction with a revisal of the King of the Ring? So doing maybe both the King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring at the same time? That's interesting because uh, I'm of the, um, the thought here that, you know, even going back last year on Wrestle, or not WrestleMania, sorry, Royal Rumble, when they had both the women's and the men's, you know, a small part of me almost felt like having both of them on the same show it kind of split the energy there for me. Like I, I didn't feel as you know psyched for for the women's one as, you know, as to the post the men's. It, it, like it, it just it felt like maybe it was maybe a little too much. I think if they they were to do it, and I think you know you know briefly on the Royal Rumble thing, I think that the best way to do that this year would be to have the the women's Rumble open the show and then have the men's end it. So you bookend it. So that, you know, it, they're not too close together. So that, uh, you know, you, you have that time to recover the energy to get psyched up for the second one, right? So I think if they were to go that way, you know, it could work, you know, but don't put them too close together because then I feel like it's, you know, the energy quite isn't there for it. But, I mean, with King of the Ring, it was usually a uh, <clears throat> tournament style, right? So, I mean, it, it, it's possible that they could do in, you know, one night, they yeah. could do... Uh, you know, a, uh, a male match and then a female match, right? And yep. then next next match coming up, male match and female match, all the way down till we get to the culmination of, you know, the males, king of the ring, and mm-hmm. the females, queen of the ring, right? So they're they're going to be you know back to back, but it's giving a little bit of a break and giving us almost a little bit something to look forward to, depending on the matchups that that happen, right? Yeah. Now, if I'm thinking, I'll go go right to the the main thing here. With a, if they were to do this, the winner of it, I think the first one you got to make it Charlotte, just because you know she's even touted as you know from the Queen City Charlotte. You know, I think that uh, just everything about that, the naming of it works. You you have you know the winner of the first Queen of the Ring, Charlotte. Has uh, has has Rick gotten into your head here a little bit? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But uh, shout out to him because we, we, as we all know, around the road network here, of course, Sharshar is his favorite. But uh, yeah. I, I think just that 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 whole concept and the naming of it just it just fits with her, and that that's who I would go with. I, I think you, you include, I think you even include a couple of NXT ones in there. Hopefully, you know, you could even have them cross over and and whatnot. So uh, it could be something really interesting, but just. Don't do too many of them, like in dark matches or, or live events. I, I like to see it all for us to be able to kind of see. Sure, I think that's the main thing so, to, to kind of pull it off properly. Now, what if I were to say though that uh, thinking like a WWE writer, <clears throat> why don't we have Carmella win, hmm? and we can change Carmella from being the princess of Staten Island to the queen of the WWE? Eh, that could possibly work too. 
But yeah, I mean, uh, I think either would be good. I would definitely, look, looking at the two of them, I'm definitely more of a fan of, of Charlotte than Carmella, you know, just when it comes to the, the in-ring work and whatnot. You're so full of crap. I think they both could work. No, I I, on, I can't see Carmella taking that or no. winning that. You, or, you, you were, it was just like you were just trying to sell it to me. <laughs> That's what it was like. You were, just, you were just trying to sell it to me, and now you're saying she's not any good? No, she's not. <laughs> no, no, I, she is good. But, I mean, I don't think that they would they, they would let her, you know, yeah. win that inaugural, right? They already gave her the first mm-hmm. uh, ladder match. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I don't think that they would, you know, give it to somebody else, yeah, whether it's Charlotte or whether it's it's Becky Lynch or whether it's Oscar yep. or whether, you know, whoever that it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be something huge. Yep. If this does happen and come to fruition, this is going to be something that is going to be huge. And hopefully it's something that isn't just a one time thing. They actually continue on yearly mm-hmm. and allow this to continue to happen because it's something that's that's exciting. I mean, I, I personally, I love the King of the Ring. I love the whole, you know, you, you've got these brackets and, and matchups, and then you're looking at all of them going, mm-hmm. holy crap, what if this person faces this person? And, and like, it, it builds up so much excitement. And with the, the rise that the women are on right now, to build that kind of excitement yep. is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the success of the May Young Classic, they've been doing it for two years now. And, oh, and that's been a great success as well, too. So, Oh, yeah. So next up, before we, we take a brief break, uh, we're going to talk about uh, something. I think it's uh, actually probably, I'm going to say, one of my favorite topics uh, for this week. Uh, I'm looking at the, the document here, and uh, I think you'll probably feel the same way on this. And this has to do with a recent debut that happened over in NXT involving recent new signee, and I'm so glad that he kept the, the same name, Punishment Martinez versus Matt Riddle. And I am so happy that you said debut and not debut, because that just irks me so much. <laughs> I actually like but, that. Oh, I, I can't stand it. It fits with his character, dude. It fits with his character. He's the king of bros. The king of the, the king of bros. I, I, I get it, but my bros don't talk like that. <laughs> my bros speak proper English and don't mess up. I almost swore there. I almost Uh-oh. used some bad language because that's how heated I get with this. <laughs> it's debut, yeah. not debut. Come on. Now, But if yeah. you want me to give my opinions on this, mm-hmm. on this matchup that happened between Matt Riddle and Punishment Martinez, yep. um, editor-in-chief Ryan K. Bowman over at thegorillaposition.com put out a and uh, uh, an article about this debut match and, and that happened during an NXT. Mm-hmm. And I left my comments there, and uh, it really didn't get much traction, which, uh, I mean, I had some people say that they agree with me on yeah. my points, but uh, I was hoping for a little bit more discussion coming out of it. So mm-hmm. for all of you that are listening, make sure you go and check out the stuff happening on thegorillaposition.com yep. and, and leave your comments and, and let us know that you're there and, and let us know that you're, you know, reading these articles because they're amazingly done now myself i was not happy with how things went i think that this matchup you're taking punishment martinez a man who is amazing in stature Mm. great in the professional wrestling ring 
awesome on the microphone. The guy has it all. He has an it factor to the extreme. Yep. And Matt Riddle buried him in his debut match on NXT. Yeah. Now, when it comes to, to the, the matchup of the, of the two guys, I'm okay with the matchup. I just feel that the timing of it was was incorrect. I definitely agree with you. I think Punishment Martinez would have been better off to have a debut match against. Didn't necessarily have to be a nobody, a jobber, but I definitely think that he should have gone over in a very powerful way to, to have that introduction to, to have something to build off of there because, I mean, you're looking at a guy that I think that this is literally the guy that I think the WWE was hoping Barry Corbin was going to be because mm-hmm. Punishment, like he has that size, has that presence, definitely has the in ring, has that intensity. Like when he, when in ring, Honor when he was doing promos, like he would look into that camera and like you just believe the, the, the look, the voice, that really, really deep voice. And like it, it's not so much, maybe not quite to the, the Jake the Snake Roberts level, but getting to that point to where just when you hear and see him talking, you believe you know, this is a, a guy who just said that intensity. And then to come in and not to take anything away from Matt Riddle because I think that he's fantastic in, in character and in ring, but I think that the matchup was. Between those two guys, it was too soon. The the match, I think the matchup is fine. Just the timing of it to be Punishment's debut, I felt the timing was not correct for that. You see, I don't even <clears> know <throat> if, if if the matchup was right for this. I mean, you just had Matt Riddle come off of this uh, NXT pay per view, uh, knocking out you know one blow, knocking out yeah. Cassius Ono, and then you get this guy like like uh, Punishment Martinez that's coming <clears> in <throat> here. Now, I look at this and I go, okay, now I understand, you know, uh, and nothing to take away from Chris Hero or Cassius Ono. Yep. I mean, but he's he's got like that whole Tommy Dreamer thing going on, right? He's got yep. the dad bod going on. He's a great worker. He knows what he's doing in the ring. He can hold his own. Yep. But he's got that little bit of a luck going to him, right, where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm a veteran. And, you know, I like I've been around the block a couple of times. Awesome. For, for a new guy. Pumped up, fired up. I, I, I like to think of, of Matt Riddle as like the Wiley Coyote, right? Like he's bouncing all over the place, and yep. he's just he's 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 good. He really is. But to have him come in and take out Cassius Ono like that, great. That was perfect. Okay, like I I, I enjoyed it. It was yep. good, you know. And building a good little feud between uh, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono, awesome. Because the two of them can, I'm sure, put on some great matches. Yeah. But now, Punishment Martinez is huge. Mm-hmm. Now, we got guys like Heavy Machinery. Yep. We got uh, Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, what's going to happen now when they try to put Punishment Martinez into a matchup with, let's say, Lars Sullivan, both of them really big men, automatically now people are going to be thinking, eh, Lars Sullivan's going to win because uh, uh, Matt Riddle took out Punishment Martinez already. So Punishment Martinez really isn't anything big. He can't do mm-hmm. anything. Look, Matt Riddle, this little scrawny kid, took him out. Eh, who knows? Right? Like, that's that's the way that I'm seeing it. The way that I, I, I'm looking at it right now is I don't think that... It, Punishment Martinez coming in in his debut match and losing is fine. Mm-hmm. But I think that it should have been a loss to a big man and not a... Not a skinny, you know, <laughs> yeah. kid like Matt Riddle. 
I I don't know. That's just my thinking, though. I mean, others, I'm sure, have a different opinion on it, yeah. which is great because that's what we need in this world is, is you know, people with different opinions so that we can get good conversations started and going. Yeah. But that's my opinion, and I really don't think that that was the best way for Punishment Martinez to come in and have a debut. And I think, too, even just before the match, uh, it was okay the w- with the way they did it, but the way that they, they shoot that them coming down the ramp and everything is so very, very important in establishing that character because especially going back with the name that you mentioned with Lars Sullivan, he actually, stature-wise, is pretty average in height. But what they do really well with him is the way that they shoot it, even on the ramp, and when he's in the ring, they... they they, they make him look larger than life. You know, even they, they, they have the dark lighting, uh, almost kind of like Orson Welles-ish kind of uh, lighting. And, yeah. you know, and I think that, that that's a key thing there, too. And venturing slightly off topic in a place where they kind of mess up with this, too, is with Nia Jax. As, you know, as much as we like to, to kind of hate, hate on her, WWE doesn't do a great job at, at making her look powerful kind of in stature because they, when, when they're shooting, like even when Nia's doing promos, they're just shooting her straight on and she's like meeting people kind of eye to eye, right? If you want to make somebody look powerful, you have to make them look like they're kind of above you, like they're, they're having to look down on somebody, you know, and then you portray that that aura of power, right? But, but with her, like they, they just shoot her straight on and then she doesn't look, you know, she just looks like, eh, I'm just a... I'm a big short person, essentially, or just our average yeah. rate. So it's it's all, you know, in that production side of things too, where, where they, uh, where I felt that there was a bit of a misstep too with with punishment, and uh, I really like the way that they did it in Ring of Honor. At, at the very least, you know, they they kept the same character name, so I don't think all is lost yet because it, there was some previous history with these two. They used to tag team together in the independence and whatnot, so there's definitely some history there. Maybe they're going to play off of that. You know, punishment will, will get the uh, the payback win. You know, so I don't think it's going to be all negative, but I do wish that he would have come in and really stabbed himself as, hey, I'm the new big guy in town and I'm, I'm here to kick ass. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right. Okay, well, let's take a brief break here, guys, and we'll be right back. And we are going to t- start talking a little bit about some Royal Rumble predictions for coming up for January 27th of next year. All right, we'll be right nice. back, guys. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? This is Jargo. This is the RBV, Rick Vickery. We're from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast right here on the Roar Network, and you're listening to our favorite Canadians, Joe and Carl, on Turnbuckle Talk. I can't believe we just put over Canada. Yeah, it's just for Joe and Carl, man. Nobody will ever hear this. Tired of mainstream media lies and deception? Need a hard dose of reality? Put on your sunglasses, swallow that red pill, and tune into London Rising, your epic mix of music, news, and freedom. Tune in weekly with me, your host, Gunstar Hero out of London, Ontario, Canada, as I mix up breaking news, hard-hitting commentary, trigger warnings galore, and eclectic, epic slate of unforgettable music tracks, including metal, punk, classic rock, country, and even some hip-hop in for good measure. Only on the Podbean Network. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Let's bring the huckster back. The huckster. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> 
Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are. As we mentioned before the break, we're going to talk a little bit about, it's a little bit early, but uh, this of course is my favorite pay-per-view of the year when it comes to WWE, so I figured we'd start um, kind of talking some predictions of what will happen, in, and this year I would imagine that we're likely going to have a men's any women's Royal Rumble again, so we'll uh, yep. kind of split it up into the two. Let's start with the women's Royal Rumble. We'll go with possible surprises. Well, I think we'll we'll start off with that, and then you know, as the, the kind of the weeks and everything progress, we'll talk a little bit more. But I figure with this week here, we'll focus on possible surprises that we uh, anticipate to possibly happen here. On the women's side of things, do you see any debut surprises happening? Tony Storm. Tony Storm. I think that's probably right now the biggest name that's that's happening over in uh, NXT UK mm-hmm. right now. Now she's not going to be called up to the main roster, but I think that we will see Tony Storm inside the Royal Rumble, as well as I am throwing this out there right now. Yep. I am saying that my friend Jazzy Gaber, Ooh. alpha female, Ooh. will be part of. WWE Royal Rumble. Don't know if it's happening or not, but that's a prediction. I'm predicting that it's going to happen. And I only predict that because I want to throw this out to you guys. She is a good friend of mine, and I am so happy to say that she actually had done an interview over in Europe. And during that interview, she did say and has posted on all of her social media that she has been talking with the WWE, yep. and we will have to wait and see. Anybody outside of the uh, the big WWE that you could see possibly debuting for the women's side? Right now, no, <clears throat> to be honest. Okay. There, I, I think everyone outside of the uh, WWE umbrella uh, is really happy with where they are and, and really happy with, with what's happening with themselves right now. And I mean, like you're looking at names right now, huge ones outside of WWE, like Tessa Blanchard mm-hmm. and Taya Valkyrie. Um, Jordan Grace. You know, like, 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 pardon me? Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace, another one, right? Yeah. Like, like these names are ones that have, have gotten themselves really nicely established right now mm-hmm. in the different promotions that they're working in that I, I think that they're going to be happy where they are and with the uh, good things that are coming from it right now that they feel that they probably will not need to do uh, an appearance or anything like that at Royal Rumble. Okay. For me, for the women's side, I would definitely agree. I think Tony Storm, I think, is, uh, I won't say a given, but um, I, I think it would definitely be a, a smart move to include her. Obviously, Jazzy would be very, very cool because we know that she uh, is in contact with them. And, you know, definitely a possibility, and I think it would be a great addition there. And just her style of that uh, that powerhouse style just fits with the Royal Rumble match in particular to come in and, you know, eliminate a good portion of the field. When it comes to outside of the WWE for possible debuts, I would say there could potentially be a, a couple. Um, the one that I would uh, personally kind of hope for, and uh, we'd actually just mention her, Jordan Grace. I think I would uh, like to see her, even if it's a one-off. I think that uh, she, uh, of recent, is a really good 
person that stands out in the women's revolution when it comes to professional wrestling. And you had mentioned the other one. And I know that she's kind of tied up elsewhere, but uh, who knows? There might could be a sign of some cooperation. Tessa Blanchard. You know, <laughs> I think that uh, it'd be very cool to see. It, it's interesting you mentioned both of them because they're, they were my two outside WWE picks that could potentially show up. And just that everybody knows, Joe and I did not talk about this before. Nope. Uh, we just kind of shared ideas and and, yep. and drew up what we were going to talk about this week. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting, definitely. Yep. Especially considering how well the two of them are really doing right now. Yep. Now, let's go over to the men's side. Now, we'll start with myself first. When it comes to surprises... Yep. With the WWE, with the Men's Royal Rumble this year, I'm hoping that when it comes to ones that are inside the WWE that are maybe, maybe you know, not on the main rosters, so to speak, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we mentioned before that, you know, hopefully maybe NXT will become, you know, that full-on third show at some point. I'd like to see P. Dunn show up in uh, the Royal Rumble. That would be uh, a first for him. And I think to go along with that and you could have a really cool moment inside the ring there because they have very style they, they do some similar uh, things in the ring you would have a debuting new to the WWE Marty Skrull <laughs> it's interesting because that is uh, one of the names that I had for outside of the WWE mm-hmm. Marty Skrull the villain um one of the members of, I guess now the elite, yeah. uh, formerly of the Bullet Club, uh, one of my favorites when it comes to uh, outside of the WWE professional wrestlers right now. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would love to see Marty Skrull make his way into the Royal Rumble. You, you just you 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 have that situation where Pete Dunne is already in the ring by himself, and then Marty's the next one to come out because they do some similar stuff with you know, with the joint manipulation. They do that. You know, make it sound like they're uh, snapping the fingers and stuff like that. You could have a back and forth there. You could have a really cool moment, you know, and especially for those Bullet Club marks out there, like myself, you know, could really have a very cool moment. And it, it could be that really standout Royal Rumble moment that I like to see, you know, where I get that real, you know, that AJ Styles kind of moment, right? Where it's that debut that uh, we were kind of hoping for, but everybody was saying wasn't going to happen, but then boom, it actually happens. You know, those kind of moments I, I love. And uh, when it happens in a Royal Rumble, if, any other potential ones? Um, it's, a, it's a little soon. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Punishment uh, in there. I know that he just debuted. But I, th- I think that, you know, have him, him come in and maybe clean house a little bit could, you know, help establish that, that, that dominance. Um, for ones that are outside of the WWE, I mean, obviously, you know, there's some cool ones that we can mention, you know, as absurd and as ridiculous as it sounds. Maybe maybe Cody can make a comeback. You know, it, it's uh, if he were to come back, you know, they, they, they've they been hinting at it. Uh, they've been teasing it. You know, I know they've been uh, doing all this uh, stuff with uh, supposedly all elite wrestling, but it could all be a work and they, they could just be, you know, he could just be a stooge and he comes back and joins the WWE again. You know, it, it, he wouldn't have to go the NXT road. He could jump right back into that main roster. Could, just, you know, along with Marty, could you imagine a returning Cody Rhodes would get a huge, huge reaction from the crowd? It, it definitely would. Um, for myself, looking inside of NXT, uh, I honestly, the names that I would want to come out <clears> of <throat> there, uh, Johnny Gargano yeah, coming up, uh, Aleister Black coming up. 
Yeah. Right. I, I would like to see the two of them make a uh, main roster debuts at the Royal Rumble um, outside of the WWE. Uh, I already mentioned Marty Skrull, yep. which would be phenomenal for me. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, even just a one off. I would love to see the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, mm. Chase Owens, yeah. come into the be able to come into the Royal Rumble, work one night for the WWE and be able to show the world what we have seen with our own eyes live in person we have seen Chase Owens work in yeah. front of a crowd and we know how good of a worker he is and I would love to be able to see that um, why not Ibushi Let's look outside of, you know, yeah. Holy Club and stuff, like New Japan Pro. Let's let's look at Ibushi. Kota Ibushi's um, kind of a, an anomaly when it comes to the professional wrestling business. I'm kind of glad that you brought it up because I, I've been thinking about it and it hasn't really come up on any of our episodes here. He has a weird mindset in the business because he isn't signed anywhere. And he has, you know, made it vocal at very times that he does not want to sign a contract even with uh, with New Japan. You know, he right. d- doesn't have a written out contract with any company out there. You know, I, I think he's getting to the point now where I think you need to, and this might sound a little bit mean, grow up and grow up hair and sign a contract somewhere and secure yourself so that, you know, if something happens to you, you're not going to just be hung out to dry. Right, get yourself really established somewhere. Sign a freaking contract and get yourself in there somewhere. It's it's time now, you know. Again, I'm on the total other end of that spectrum. I think what he's doing with this is amazing. Why do you need to sign a contract? How hot is he? He is yeah. freaking scorching. Anybody, if if anything were to happen with with Kota Ibushi and New Japan Pro, Ring of Honor would definitely be like, come on over. Yeah. Impact Wrestling would be stupid if they didn't say, come on over. Yeah. Lucha Underground, let's bring in some Japanese. Let's bring them into Lucha Underground. Come on over. Right? Like, all of them would, would be, like, grasping. Mm-hmm. Like, just reaching, clawing, scratching. Come here. Bring your... Sh- I almost swore again. <laughs> bring your stuff over here. Yeah. Right? This, this is... I'm getting heated again, and yeah. I apologize, but, like... 100%. I don't think that he needs to sign a contract anywhere because he is so hot that anybody is going to want him no matter what. Uh, I'll throw out a couple more potential names I'd like to see in the Royal Rumble that may be yeah. a little bit far-fetched, but I'll, I'll throw both of them out there. And strangely enough, they both have been f- past guests on this podcast. And the first name I'll throw out there formerly known as Gunner, now known as Jackson Riker, over at NXT. That would be a very cool surprise. Even if it's it doesn't have to be a call-up, just come up and, and, and make your presence known in the Royal Rumble. And yep. former Turnbuckle Talk guest, things would have to kind of align properly for it to happen. He has a significant other that already works for the WWE, and we are, of course, talking about Magnus. Yes, 100%. Uh, Nick, Aldis, Nick Aldis, for those who aren't familiar with the Magnus yes. name, because that was, that was what he used in uh, Impact yeah. Wrestling. But yeah, Nick Aldis, uh, formerly of Impact Wrestling, as well as one, a former NWA World's yeah. Heavyweight Champion, really helped bring that belt back into a spotlight. 100%, I agree. Uh, that would be an amazing name to have in there. 
imagine with their their history and with that match at all in imagine if they ended up coming nose to nose toe to toe in the middle of a WWE ring at the Royal Rumble the crowd would go bananas for lack of a better term Joe's talking about Nick Aldis and Cody. Yes. Uh, Cody Rhodes. He's, that's who he's talking about. The two yep. of them coming together head-to-head in a WWE ring. How cool yeah. would that be? That would be awesome. So I know those might seem like some far-fetched ideas, but hopefully maybe one or two of them will come to pass because as you all are aware, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time when it comes to around this time of year, I like surprises at the Royal Rumble. And I would like to be surprised <laughs> with James Ellsworth. Oh, God. Ah, let's hope not. So, going from that, I think that what I want to talk about next here, still going with WWE here, and this is about their global expansion that's been going on here. And this might be a topic that potentially maybe I'm overthinking a little bit too much, but I I thought we'd uh, we'd throw it in here this week. With the declining ratings on Raw, and and this is starting to spill over to, to SmackDown now because we're kind of getting the effect of because it's still WWE that people have gotten turned off so much with Raw that that's starting to happen with SmackDown now, and they're realizing, well, this is the same product. It's likely going to be bad, so they're not going to tune in. Now, with them expanding over to, you know, potentially now to India, to, to China as well, you know, in Germany, with the issues that they're having on the main roster, could this be spreading themselves too thin, and could things potentially get worse with this expansion? It's funny you bring that up because I had uh... – just recently had a conversation with my father-in-law about this exact thing. And he's talking about, uh, you know, thinking that there's too much that's happening and going on. So he's, uh, and I'm pretty sure that you're thinking the same way. So he's thinking the same way that you are. Uh, I kind of, we didn't have an argument, but we talked about it. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I, I personally, think that it's it's something that's that's not really going to be spread too thin because right now we have NXT uh, UK, mm-hmm. which has their own stars, has nothing to do with Raw, has nothing to do with SmackDown. They have their own stars. Yeah. Uh, NXT China, if that happens, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to have their own stars. Yep. NXT Germany, going to have their own stars. NXT Italy, going to have their own stars. NXT Canada, going to have their own stars. Yeah. Yes, we've really do hope and i know wwe that you listen and i don't know who it is that's listening (laughs) but we need to make sure that we make an nxt canada because canadian wrestling is one of the things that has really helped globalize professional wrestling no matter what it's it's not going to take away or really be too much of a strain from the other products because they're only showing it on the wwe network so it's it's not like it's it's really going to impact anything having to do with Raw or SmackDown yeah. because they're essentially their own separate entity. I'm, I'm getting heated again. Wow. Yeah. I'm getting heated a lot on this episode. I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, and, and that's not where my concern lies with, with uh, you know, like your John C's and stuff or you know, too much of that talent appearing on all this stuff. We, we know that. 
you know, all these areas have their own separate talent, and, and that's not the part that I'm concerned about. The part that I'm okay. concerned about is the same people running the production side and everything like that for all trying to do for all of this stuff. I think that the only way that this expansion works is that say when they go to Japan, you let the people there in Japan run it. Vince and, and Triple H and Stephanie and, and all their writers and stuff like that, they don't need to be involved in all of these. You know, they, they can occasionally drop in and see kind of how things are doing, maybe make an on TV appearance. But if they're if the same group of people is going to try and run all of this together, it is going to be bad. Okay, okay. I see where you're coming from. Right? They need uh, to, you know, you have your people in Germany. You know, you have lots of t- uh, talented wrestling, good-minded wrestling people in Germany, you know, in over over in Asia. Obviously, with, you know, New Japan and with all these people out there, you you, you have all those uh, people that, that can help run your different separate brands there. It's not going to work, though, if Vince and Stephanie and Triple H and all the, the regular WWE people try and run all of it simultaneously because we're already seeing now with the, with uh, everything that's going on that it's becoming a little too stretched out as it is. So that's where the danger could lie. If they're going to do this, let your, your local people people in those areas run your shows for them. Don't feel like you have to always get in there. That's, uh, I think that that's, it'll work if they do it that way. <clears throat> I, I, and I totally agree, but I think that they need to have one overseeing head and whether it's one or two overseeing heads, uh, you know, make it triple H and Stephanie that are overseeing what is happening on, on all the shows. Just like with Raw and SmackDown, everything has a final say through Vince McMahon. Right, I think that for each of these brands that you're going to have for NXT, because Triple H is taking over NXT, I think that he needs to be that person that oversees all of it. The final final say comes from Triple H, mm-hmm. but he has all of his people in the different areas, just like you say, right? Like, I mean, NXT UK, the general manager over there, Johnny Saints, I am sure... Without a doubt that Triple H has all the respect in the world for that man and has taken anything that he has said into consideration and probably used a lot of stuff that has come from Johnny Saint because that man has a mind for the business, right? So as long as it's, you know, overseen by Triple H but run by like a Johnny Saint or something like that in each respective area, I'm okay with that. I think because if if you were to have NXT UK with its own set of, you know, people, and then you've got NXT Germany with its own set of people, you've got NXT Asia with its own set of people, right? With nobody overseeing all of it, if things are going to not be run underneath the WWE model Mm -hmm. per se. Right. And then things are going to be, well, no, I want to do it like this. So I'm doing it like this, no matter what, because I have control over this and they're going to take things into a totally different direction than what is a WWE direction, because we still have to remember that WWE is the people right now. Right, all these people that have a share in that company, essentially, they're stockholders in that company, mm-hmm. and and 
if they start seeing that something is going awry like that, they're going to start pulling out, which is only going to start causing more problems and more issues. So we have to have that overseeing head to make sure that the WWE model is being followed as opposed to their own. I would definitely agree with you on the front end business aspect of things. Yeah, you can have your your Triple H or something running that aspect of it. When it comes to the booking of uh, the shows and whatnot, you need to keep Vince, especially Vince and Stephanie, you need to keep them away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, for booking, definitely, you could have your own people in each respective area doing that and and, and storyline writers, you know, stuff like that. But it has to be overseen yeah. by a, a WWE head. I oh, guess. yeah, yeah. Definitely the the front end uh, and the back end of the business. De- definitely, you know, have the the right people running. But dude, it, 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 when it comes to like India and Japan and stuff, like I said, if we have Vince start booking this stuff, it's not going to be good. You know, you need no. to you you have people there that have good minds for the business. Let them do it. Don't get your claws in there, please. Don't do it. You know. No. You know, and especially if, if we get an XT in Canada, we have lots of great Canadian people in here that here that can that can that can do this stuff. You know. Yeah, Santino Morella, a name that worked with the WWE for a while. I mean, he has his own company. Mm-hmm. He's got the Battle Arts Academy out in Southern Ontario right now. And then we've got names like Danny Duggan, uh, right? Like who are running the Canadian Wrestling's Elite, yeah. who has a huge and amazing business sense when it comes to professional wrestling, and especially with touring and booking and getting guys in to, uh, you know, have matches and, and all of this. Like he's he's got an amazing mind for the business, Right, so I mean, we do have great names in Canada for that, mm-hmm. and I hope that they do get utilized in the proper manner when something like this comes in. Yeah. Now, before we take a brief break here and get to our showstopper segment, because I think it's going to be a pretty good one this week, we're getting we're not that far away. You know, discussions are already happening. You know, we know that the uh, the Hall of Fame for the for coming for WrestleMania is, is actually being moved, you know, possibly because of the new Japan thing there. Personally, I don't think it's that reason. I just think that they want to, to space things out to a little bit better. The hall of fame, the, we haven't seen a whole lot, you know, when it comes to, you know, possible inductees, but the, the main one that, that I have been seeing, and it's been popping up more. And what I think could be your quote unquote, I'm doing the, uh, the finger quotes things here because you, you can't see the video here. We're on audio, obviously for a podcast here, but for the main event for the upcoming hall of fame, I believe what I'm seeing, it's going to be the rock. Yeah. I have been seeing a lot of that as well. Uh, is it time? Sure. 100%. It's time. I think uh, so. The Rock has done so much for the business, so much outside of the business. Anytime that WWE has had a request for The Rock to come in and do some special thing, mm-hmm. he's there. No matter what, he's always there. And because it's going to be 2019, I think that we're going to see The Rock be inducted into the Hall of Fame so that we can have in 2020 an actual professional wrestler who was who is part of the wwe hall of fame 
become the next president of the United States mm. instead of just a businessman who's <laughs> been part of the WWE. Now, are there any other possibilities that you think uh, other than The Rock could maybe be that, that main inductee for coming up? Is there anybody else that stands out in your mind? Nobody really stands out at this point, right. to be honest. I mean, it, it, it's getting so hard nowadays with, with the, uh, the the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's been so many names that have gotten in there. The list is getting shorter. <laughs> yeah. The people I mean, left, right? It, so. it 100% is. It's getting shorter and shorter every year mm-hmm. uh, of people that you can go and, and choose from, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, names, it's, it's, it's so hard. So hard. Like Miss Elizabeth, China. Right, like, and I know, like, like it's it. Those are names that I would want to see in the WWE Hall of Fame that aren't there. Um, Vader, yes, right. I think that Bam he's got to be. I think he's he'll be like the sentimental uh, pick. I think that um, that he'll get in there. I think. Uh, I think so as I think well have because to. of his passing. Yeah, right. I think that definitely that 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 will right, but. Yeah, I mean, it's getting harder and harder, and especially because they always seem to be adding, you know, a couple more or one more person, you know, every year. Yep. And, uh, you know, and they, they kind of stopped doing that for a while now, now that they brought in, uh, you know, uh, Connor, the Crusher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, and then they brought in the Warrior Award and, you know, stuff like that. So they've got these other things that are, um, you know, there. So they, you, they don't have to have as many people being inducted into the Hall of Fame, but yep. it's... Yeah, I mean, names that have been floating around there for years now, you know, are ones that I think should really be put into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what kind of transpires from there. And then, of course, there'll be the the usual celebrity inductee, which, uh, I mean, that list is kind of getting shorter as we go, too. If I had to pick a name off the, off the top of my hat, it might be a little bit soon, but I'll say Stephen Amell. But what has he really done for WWE? Yeah, well, he, he uh, you know he came in and, uh, and had the match with uh, with I, I guess at the time would have been Stardust. But I mean, again, it's one of those ones where it, it's like so many have gotten hit at this point. It, it, it's year to year to year. It's getting tougher and tougher to to kind of predict these uh, these entrants. But uh, we know that the comp was something. Maybe no, I guess they probably wouldn't do like a. Another second time inductee. I think you can only do that with Flair. So yeah, I mean, it's gonna get tough. I mean, you could we could we could get silly and say like CM Punk and stuff like that, but we well know that's the, probably not gonna happen. You know, so you know, you know, it'd be really awesome. And I'm throwing this out there, WWE, right now. Yeah. Uh, because there are names that they don't want to be put into the Hall of Fame, yeah. and I understand that. I get that. But why don't we collectively put in? The Heart Foundation, mm. a collective group, yes. the Heart Foundation, into the WWE Hall of Fame. That's your way to get Owen in without directly doing it. Owen and Pillman yeah. and Davey Boy, right? And Brett, another time. Yeah. You know what, what could be cool, I, and I know that it might not be possible, but if you could not go that road, if, if you're going to do uh, Pillman by himself... If they could possibly get Junior to induct him, I know that he's you know dealing with other promotions and whatnot, but it would be really cool to see something potentially happen there because uh, you know Brian Pillman Junior. For anybody listening who hasn't gone and watched a Brian Pillman Junior match, okay, you need to even if you want 
I'll put this out there. Pause the podcast right now. Go and watch a Brian Pill match. Go watch MLW or, or go on YouTube somewhere and just type Brian Pillman Jr. match. And do yourself a favor and go watch this guy wrestle. It, it's it's incredible. Just just go do it now. <laughs> I can't say any more than that. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break here, and we're going to come back with our Showstopper segment, and we're going to get to what we kind of alluded to earlier with the Dynamite Kid and, and whatnot and how this all kind of ties together. And stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pin, you'll receive a full background story photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about Pinned. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of TheGorillaPosition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, and ladies and gentlemen, we are now at our show stopper segment. Yeah. And as we mentioned here, the showstopper segment this week is going to kind of encompass what we were talking about earlier with Dynamite Kid passing away and with the possible plans revolving around Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this all elite wrestling potential thing here. And this is something that we've mentioned before, and this is a wrestler's union, Carl. Is this something that, is it time for something like this to be put in place? This is a really tough one to kind of go about. I mean, it's there's obviously going to be good and there's going to be bad to it all, right? Just like any union, people are going to say good stuff. People are going Mm -hmm. to say bad stuff about there being a union put into place. Now, will a union help these wrestlers out during and after the fact? Yeah, probably. Uh, Will it be, you know, beneficial for them? Probably. But... When it comes to the WWE, let's say, they're usually pretty good about if somebody gets hurt or somebody gets injured, they really go out of their way to try to help them. If they know that there is somebody that is having an addictions problem of whatever sort and trying to get help for themselves, they really put themselves out there and get into contact with that former worker, former (laughs) employee of theirs, and try to help them out with it. Now, there are 
the flip side where, you know, some have reached out to WWE and WWE has kind of just shunned them and said, no, we're not helping you. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where a union definitely would be able to come in and, and, and help them out. So there's good and there's bad to it all. And especially if this is something that's going to be, um, whether it's nationalized or globalized within the world of professional wrestling, it might even be logistically something hard to do because then you're going to get into different things where you have to be licensed and you have to, you know, go through a certain training and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to carry this card with you all the time and you have to make sure that you have insurance and you have like all of these different things coming in. And for somebody in the independent scene, you know, that might be a little bit more difficult for yeah. them to be able to do just to be part of the union and make sure that they're covered. Now, the the, the benefit of what you were just saying there, too, is that uh, that would you know, then kind of help avoid these situations. I, I don't know if you've seen the video on Facebook or YouTube of the guy throwing the, the cement, the cinder block at, at the yeah. uh, his opponent. You know, having properly trained and licensed wrestlers could help avoid this these kind of bad situations that we see like that and, uh, and whatnot. And with this kind of stuff, for me, it's not so much. It is a little bit with, with protecting the wrestlers when they're in the the working portion of, of their uh, of their career, giving them you know possibility some more flexibility to work in, in other promotions and whatnot. But I'm thinking more of once they're in ring days are over, you know. I'm thinking of names like Draws, you know, like Dynamite Kid, like 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 Jake, like of course Chris Benoit, uh, of being able to give these guys some help, some legitimate help, if you know the WWE stuff doesn't work out, or you know, even with some of these guys, you know, once their in ring work days are over, you know, to provide them, you know, with maybe an avenue to maybe get into something else so that they can still continue to maybe earn a living or, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm thinking, you know, the bigger picture. This could maybe potentially be something that uh, Cody and, uh, and everybody else involved here is maybe something that they're trying to shoehorn too. It very well could be. I mean, this is a, uh, this is a topic that really doesn't come uh, out of nowhere, but yeah. it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like I wasn't really expecting to, you know, have this type of a, a showstopper segment for us this week. But uh, and not that I'm saying that there's anything bad or anything wrong with with yeah. that. But yeah, like it's it's just something that you really don't hear a lot about. No. So it's it, it, like even even rumblings of, uh, you know they're trying to get a union together or they're trying to push for this or trying to push for that. You really don't hear about any of that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good that we're bringing it up yeah. because it could potentially be something that someone else, one of our listeners per se, are, it has been thinking about and wondering why is there no union within professional wrestling? Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you're right with Cody and the Young Bucks and, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, if he does have a hand in this promotion that's going to be started, that might be something that he's going to be, hey, we have a union for this, these workers over here. Why don't we have a union for you guys as well? And that could be a changing point within the world of professional wrestling with an inclusion of unions. 
Yep, and there's nothing to say, too, that this is something that they could completely leave the WWE out of if they want to. They could just say, you know, WWE is its own separate thing, and we're, we're now we're the professional wrestling thing. WWE is just the entertainment. You know, they, they, they could do that, and it could be a real power move if they decide to go this route is say, okay, we're professional wrestling. They're just entertainment. They could really make that stance and make that dividing line, make that line in the sand, you know, boom. You're right. They definitely could with that. And, and I do want to put out there uh, if for some people who, who might be kind of, you know, thinking, oh, license and stuff like this with professional wrestling. There are some states in the U.S. where you actually have to have, be licensed. You have to actually have a card that says that you are able to perform professional wrestling yep. in that specific state. Right. Um when I was professional wrestling, I, I mean, I wrestled in Michigan and I wrestled in Ontario. Mm-hmm. I never had to have any type of uh, membership card or anything yeah. of licensing uh, to say that I could professionally wrestle in those areas. Um, should I have had a visa or a green card or whatever to be able to work in the U.S. Probably. and get paid for it? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but yeah. it was such an underground thing, essentially, yeah. that I never had one. Yeah, I mean, certain states, they do actually say that you have to have a license uh, when you are professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, now, it, that could be a way to kind of bring in, you know, licensing for everyone inclusive, yeah. you know. But it'll be interesting to see if this is something that will only be a United States thing yeah. or whether this is something that will become a North America thing or a globalized thing. You see these athletic commissions, especially, you know, with other combat sports, like with boxing, with mixed martial arts and whatnot. So it would fit, you know, that professional wrestling when it would have something like this. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, again, this is all speculation when it comes to, you know, this thing with Cody. We've seen more hinting at it. I mean, there's a, a picture, I believe, uh, posted on the grillposition.com as well of uh, him uh, hanging out in the, the VIP uh, uh, area there at the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars there. I think he, both him and uh, his wife were there. So, it's again, like I said, it's all speculation at this point, but I think that something bigger is brewing than maybe we're all anticipating. And um, so we're just trying to think of ideas of what this potentially could be. And I think that this is something that think uh could be a positive going forward and i, I think this unit i think that it would give a lot of these wrestlers even more flexibility than they already have now to go to these all all these other places and really wwe's involvement in this we'll see it, it's something that um yeah time will tell definitely all right well that's enough the episode here carl and let's tell everybody about our sponsors We have got some amazing sponsors. One of them to start off with is Hype City Vapors. Check them out at HypeCityVapors.com. If you are a vapor like myself, you can get yourself some amazing, high-quality, great-flavored vape juice from HypeCityVapors.com. Right now, they have their Christmas blend out. It is like a vanilla shortbread cookie and tastes mm, oh so good. Make sure you go and check them out. HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get yourself 15% off your entire purchase. 
our second sponsor that we have is CollarAndElbowBrand.com, a professional wrestling t-shirt, sweater, hat, cozies for your cans, sunglasses. These guys have a little bit of everything when it comes to streetwear for the professional wrestler in all of us. We're looking at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Founded by our friend Al Snow. Yes, you heard that right. The amazing Al Snow from the WWE owns this company along with all of us, as he says. This isn't just his company. This is all of our companies. Go and check them out for some amazing merchandise and use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get yourself 10% off your entire order. Absolutely. And our featured product for this week will be the Varsity Club shirt. So go and check that out and get your your 10% off discount using our offer code. Now, to listen to our podcast, of course, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play, on iTunes, and, of course... As part of the Roar Network, found at thegrillposition.com. That's right. And don't forget to go and like our social media pages as well. We are looking at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can be found at all of those by searching out at TBTalkPod. That is TBTalkPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. All right, we will see you on the next one. Ciao. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. You don't have to get that close, so. Well, I'm trying to make sure that you can hear me. Oh, yeah, I can hear you, but I, I don't think I can do the whole recording with you, like, basically with the microphone inside of your mouth. Well, but it's only the camera. It's not the microphone. Oh. So I'm not, we're not going to tell people that uh, that I'm recording right now and that this might get inserted into the end of the episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I got some uh, A&W root beer. Nice. I've got the uh, Perrier non-sponsored carbonated water. Nice. <clears throat>